Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. I've always enjoyed studying history because history has shaped today. This is precisely why actual history is not generally taught anymore. People who study and understand history are those who are not doomed to repeat the mistakes of the past. G.H. Pember was a Christian author who lived in the late 1800s and published numerous books that most people today have never heard of, much less read. One of his books, Earth's Earliest Ages, outlines several very important aspects of history and what occurred during his lifetime with respect to the rise of many forms of spiritualism also known as paganism, and how he believed it connected with the days of Noah and the end times. Pember noted a growing movement during his day, pushing theosophy and spiritualism into the mainstream. He writes of the attempts to make God little more than a man-created social construct in the pursuit of spiritual evolution. Quote, and in no point, perhaps, is its real unity more easily discerned than in the main object of its teachings, which is to set aside the salvation of the Lord Jesus and to substitute the doctrine that sin must be gradually worn away by our own works and sufferings, either in the spirit world or in a series of reincarnations upon earth." So apart from Christianity, every other religious system is based on some form of salvation by works. Christianity is the only system that has nothing to do with our works to gain salvation and everything to do with absolute faith in the finished work of our Lord Jesus. Nothing compares with Christianity, yet since Jesus walked this earth, people have endeavored to add to or take away from the crosswork of Christ consistently. Pember shows how humanity through the ages, and especially during his day, did their uttermost to teach that a quote-unquote salvation came only to those who sought it through many forms of self-debasement. This continues today through the various teachings of the New Age in all its forms. Now, there's a huge difference between embracing increasing biblical humility as Christians face daily situations, trials, or tribulation, versus deliberate self-abasement for the purpose of allegedly reaching greater heights of spirituality. This latter type of spiritual evolution is directly opposed to the truth of Scripture. Now, the one thing that shapes the world's spiritual evolutionary systems is that they're all built on sets of rules. Do this, don't do that. Eat this, don't eat that. Enjoy this, but don't enjoy that. All of that, etc. Christianity is not based on rules, but on the reality of the living Christ who dwells within us via the Holy Spirit by faith and the life that flows from his presence within us. Now, this results in an exchanged life, a life of growing love for God and for others. Against such, there's no law. Paul tells us in Galatians 5.23, versus a life of running to self. Paul deftly deals with the error related to rules in his letter to the the readers in Colossians, chapter 2, 21-23, which says this, Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, 
which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Now, Paul notes those rules do nothing apart from having an outward appearance of wisdom, but ultimately creating false humility within based on reliance on works. These rules do nothing to help the flesh ignore living by self, but actually feed the flesh. Now, Pember notes clearly that Satan ultimately works to imprison people into a system of pantheism, which at its root is paganism. Many who embrace these systems do so because there's an air of philosophical intellectualism and superiority within those systems. However, these philosophical systems remove the one true God from the picture, replacing him with self and Satan. People believe they're truly achieving something when they have only succeeded in turning away from God to embrace Satan. Now, how was this accomplished during Pember's day, though, in the 1800s? He witnessed the clear rise of two main religious systems, theosophy and Buddhism. Theosophy is from the Greek meaning divine wisdom. That and Buddhism, as well as all forms of the New Age, claim to embrace the so-called wisdom of the ages. This wisdom is, as James says in James 3, 15 through 17, something directly opposed to God and his truth because of its origins. Quote, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Unquote. So ultimately, religious systems based on divine wisdom, quote unquote, are nothing more than self-placating. Anything to do with self is anathema to God because self is completely opposed to God's rule in us. Self must be destroyed and pagan religious systems glorify self. Pember warned of the fact that he had begun seeing an increase in acceptance of theosophy and Buddhism in society through books, magazines, and newspaper articles during his day. He states that even though the subjects were often presented with a bit of skepticism by an author, those same authors would, quote, often evince a curiosity and interest in their theme which bear testimony to its fascinating power, unquote. He also notes how numerous clergymen and society women would take the five precepts publicly as induction into Buddhism. So it would appear that the falling away of 2 Thessalonians 2.3, spoken of by Paul, began some time ago. It is merely continuing at an increasing rate now. Society has become more base and animistic in nature. A true spiritual devolution has begun in earnest and will continue to grow, laying the groundwork for the coming man of sin and the final world order. Now, some of the very same tenets pushed by those who had embraced either theosophy or Buddhism during Pember's day, more accurately reflected today as New Age, are the exact same tenets being pushed today. 
under a different name. This is not by accident, but by design. Now, it's also interesting to note that Madame Blavatsky, co-founder of the Theosophical Society, lived during the same time as G.H. Pember. So he was witness to the changes that occurred throughout society because of her efforts. Segwaying to today, consider just how much is out in the open through throughout society with respect to Satan. Satanism, talk of the demonic, otherworldly apparitions, space aliens, and wisdom from ascended masters reaching into our realm are all discussed openly and believed. It's believed that in order to be enlightened today, one must engage in New Age practice and discussion. New Ageism, in all its form, is creating an ever-increasing gap between Christians and unbelievers in the world. That gap will become larger, much larger, as this world moves closer to the start of the tribulation period. That coming seven-year period of the tribulation will be Satan's time to deceive and capture as much of the world as God allows. It will be Satan's time to control and destroy through his spiritual son, Antichrist, who will be the visible manifestation of Satan himself. Now, during Pember's day, several tenets came to the fore that not only remain today, but are being extravagantly pushed by what we can call controllists under the guise of saving the planet. One of these tenets during Pember's day had to do with our Lord Jesus and his deity and humanity. The second had to do with vegetarianism or the avoidance of meat. And the third had to do with celebrating a vow of chastity. Let's consider them briefly. With respect to our Lord Jesus and beliefs about him, the theosophical or New Age version of Jesus kind of goes like this. Quote, Christianity is Christianity by this one fundamental truth, that as God is the father of man, so truly and not poetically or metaphorically only man is the Son of God, participating in God's very essence and nature, though separated from God by self and sin. This oneness of nature between the divine and human does not lower the concept of God by bringing it nearer to the level of humanity. On the contrary, it raises the old concept of man and brings it nearer to its true ideal." Unquote. Well, now, if you read the above statement quickly, you might come away asking, well, what's wrong with that? Well, the truth is, as Pember notes, that statement precariously paves the way for the coming Antichrist. It argues that, quote, any man may become a Christ and affirms that our Lord was the firstborn son of God in the sense that he was the first to fully realize the common relationship between God and man and to proclaim it in clear and simple language, unquote. This is essentially, to some degree, at the root of every system opposed to Christianity. This is the real aspect of everything New Age. Truth is always mixed with error, and if we're not careful, we will not notice the error and could easily end up embracing it. Studying his word to show yourself approved, able to rightly divide that word of truth, 2 Timothy 2.15, is the only way to avoid this problem. Now, there's also vegetarianism and chastity. During Pember's day, there was pressure put on society to avoid meat as not being good for you spiritually because of how it blocked certain things. 
Today, the same attitude with a different reason exists and is growing through the argument that eating meat is just too dangerous for the planet because there are too many cows or chickens or pigs, etc. The carbon footprint from those animals is allegedly killing the planet. Therefore, in order to save the planet, we've got to stop eating meat, all of it. Even though the stated reason for avoiding meat today is different from Pember's Day, the end result is the same. Pember noted that within Hinduism, there is a belief that the, quote, success of either medium or adept depends on the presence in his body of a subtle fluid called akasa or akasha, which is soon exhausted and without which the demons are unable to act. This fluid, it is said, may be artificially generated by a vegetarian diet and chastity, an ominous sign to the student of prophetic scripture, unquote. Now, systems opposed to God are built on sets of rules designed to exert pressure or elevate self, increasing demonic influence. While those rules outwardly appear to have spiritual value, they actually work against biblical spirituality and growth, turning people inward and toward the demonic realm. Could it be that our friendly neighboring controllist overlords know that if people stop eating real meat, they will be far more susceptible to suggestion and control by demons. They want Satan to rule as Lucifer, so they work toward that end. Now, what Pember saw in his lifetime was the earnest beginnings of the falling away that is one of the big signs of the times leading up to the tribulation and eventual return of our Lord. Over 200 years later, we see what society now blindly embraces and its results. Everything demonic is rising to the surface, encouraged to do so by Satan's prophets. None of this should alarm us because God's word warns us of it. It should instead cause us to realize our need to continue to draw close to our Lord and to hide in the shadow of his wings, Psalm 36, 7, 91, 4 as we continue to worship, serve, and cling to the Most High God. Thanks so much for joining me today. And until we meet again, I pray that God will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in Him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 